0: That's
1: rap artist Kenrick Lamar with Humble, a track from his album Damn, which yesterday was awarded the Pulitzer Prize for Music. It's apparently not the first time rap has been acknowledged by the Pulitzers, but it's certainly the first nod to the importance and power of hip hop as a genre and a cultural force. Lamar's voice is that of an outsider, both by default and quite intentionally. He speaks from and about the margins that confine Black people in America and bursts through those barriers with sharp, biting lyrics and observations. Much of his work has focused on the displacement of Black people in America, both physical and cultural, how that feels, and how Black people can command agency over their place here. He's black in a way that for many people may be alarming, but he is magnificent in a way that is undeniable. Kudos to the Pulitzer board for its award to Kendrick and by extension to those who live and feel like he does. Welcome to Detroit Today on 1019 WDET. I'm Stephen Henderson, and as always, thanks for tuning in. You can join us this Thursday at the Hamlin Pub in Shelby Township for Smart Politics. We're going to have conversations about policy, about news and issues that matter the most to you. We'll be there from 6 to 8 p.m. We're going to talk about transportation and infrastructure, education, and this year's race for governor. You are going to lead the conversation on the topics that matter most to you. For more information, just go to wdet.org events. Up first today, Michigan Democrats now have a better sense of who will be representing their party on the 2018 statewide ballot after the endorsement convention at the Cobo Center over the weekend. Most notably, the party chose its candidates for attorney general and secretary of state, two jobs the Democrats have not been able to win in Michigan in two decades. We're going to speak with the two women who are now looking to change that. Uh, In a little bit, I'm going to talk with Jocelyn Benson, who is the Democrats' choice for Secretary of State in November. But first, I'd like to welcome Dana Nessel to the program. She got her party's backing to run for Attorney General in November. It was the race to watch over the weekend as Nestle went head-to-head with former U.S. attorney Pat Miles. Miles had the strong backing of labor unions such as the UAW and AFL-CIO and party leaders, but a lot of rank-and-file members as well as progressive groups that backed LGBTQ rights and marijuana liberalization flocked to Kobo this weekend to cast votes for Nestle, and that won the day. Miles has conceded the race, clearing the way for Nessel to appear as the first openly gay statewide candidate to win a party nomination here in the state of Michigan, Dana Nessel joins me now on Detroit Today. Dana, welcome to the program.
2: Thanks for having me.
1: Yeah, so uh, let's let's first talk about that support from these progressive wings of the Democratic Party, which set you apart from Miles. Uh, talk about how that came together. How did you how did you push through? to better him uh, over the weekend?
2: Well, first of all, I'm going to disagree. I think that you sort of mischaracterized my support. I did have support from, you know, the LGBTQ community and those who support, you know, us, our, our allies. I did have support from the cannabis community, but, mm-hmm. you know, I also had support from the MEA mm-hmm. and from iron workers and from the state utility workers, and I had support from women's groups all across the state. I had support from uh, minority groups. I mean, I had a wide range of support. So, yes, I had the support of progressive organizations, and I was very happy to have so many engaged And excited new members of the party, but I had a lot of the establishment as well. And if you looked at the the Dem clubs, uh, the Democratic clubs across the state, you know, people who have been involved in the party for decades, I had a very, very high number of those people supporting me as well. So I I think it it wasn't just one
0: particular group of people. Sure, sure.
1: I know, I appreciate you drawing that distinction. I mean, I I think it's probably fair to say uh, that one of the things you did was pull together. A coalition of uh, those two sort of uh, disparate, sometimes uh, interest in the in the party, and and pushed through to to sort of get uh, get a broader base than than, than maybe Miles was had. Um, but at the same time, there's no question this was a pretty heated race with Pat Miles. And the question always is, going forward, uh, can you reach out to the people who supported him uh, to to heal those fractures before? Uh, you have to square off against the Republicans in the fall. Talk about how you might do that.
2: Well, I, I think that that is not going to be an incredibly hard challenge because any all of the entities uh, that supported Pat Miles, you know, I support all of the things that those organizations stand for. So, for instance, the uh, you know, some of the labor unions mm-hmm. that decided not to formally endorse me. Firstly, I had many of their members who did support me. Um, and also, I am so incredibly pro labor. I believe in organized labor. Mm-hmm. I want to do everything to, you know, be their champion as attorney general. So I don't think it's going to be, you know, a, a difficult task to get them behind me because I, I spent my entire life supporting organized labor and I intend to continue to do that. So I don't think that should be a, a big issue. Um, and frankly, I don't see that there were any groups or any people that supported Pat Miles that wouldn't also support me. I mean, they chose their candidate uh, for the purposes of this endorsement convention. Mm-hmm. But I tend I, I intend to stand up for all the ideals uh, that everyone you know, subscribes to in the Michigan Democratic Party. And, you know, I, I think that the, the party will get behind me and not just the party. I think that I'm going to have um, a broad appeal that will, you know, also include Not just some hardcore Democrats, but also Independents, also really some Republicans as well. Uh, And I had many Republicans who signed up for the party just to endorse me because they believed in some of the things that I was saying. So, and I also tend, and my other thing is, I want to I want to get people who have not been involved uh, in electoral politics at all to come out and vote in November. I want to give them a reason to vote. So I think that. There'll be a broad base of support for me once I've had a chance to really get out there and send my message to everyone. Yeah.
1: So so as I said in the open, Democrats have not had an attorney general since Jennifer Granholm, and that's uh, more than 20 years ago now or just about 20 years ago now. Talk about why you feel this year might be the year uh, for a win. What what will be different about your campaign than the last three or four uh, campaigns for this office that we've seen uh, be unsuccessful on on the Democratic side?
2: Well, you know, I just want to be able to send my message that we we can't have an attorney general anymore um, who caters to special interests and, and big corporate interests and GOP donors over the needs of the people of this state. I just don't see an office that is truly the office of the people anymore, that protects residents of the state that protects working-class people and ordinary people. And I think that that is going to be a message that resonates with people all over the state, and it has. You know, people understand that this office is not utilized the way it once was. And I, for me personally, you know, I grew up during the many, many Frank Kelly uh, years mm-hmm. in office, and I really saw him use this office in a way where he was protecting and defending the people of this state, and whether it was, you know, consumer protection or, protecting seniors or protecting people against environmental crimes, which, unfortunately, we have a lot of in this state right now. Mm-hmm. You know, he would come in and he would respond to complaints and he would assist people in any way he can, he could. And I, just, I don't see that. I see this as an office now. Instead of protecting people, it's used to persecute our own state residents and protect bad state actors. And I think that everyone in this state, I don't care if you are you know a far-right Republican when you have a business that you know cons you or scams you, you want to be able to turn to your AG for restitution mm-hmm. to defend you. And I don't think that's a complicated message. I don't think it's a partisan message. Well, I, I, don't do think think I don't
1: think it's I don't think it's a complicated message or a partisan message either. It's also the message that that Democrats have taken to the voters many times over the years in this race. I guess what I'm what I'm asking is what you think will be different this time. Why will voters? be more attuned to that. I I, I agree with you that, that this is not a particularly difficult thing to, to understand. Why, why have voters resisted that for as long as they have in Michigan?
2: I wonder if it was just because they didn't know how bad it was, or maybe people weren't paying attention the way that they are now. I think it's sometimes when you have things like the Flint water crisis, mm-hmm. which is such an extreme example of government at its worst, or when you have Donald J. Trump uh, in office, you know, it, it's so extreme that you can't help but be taken aback and start paying attention. So maybe people's eyes are open now in a way that they weren't before. And maybe our state government and our federal government at times didn't really work for the people. But I think maybe the difference now is everyone knows that.
1: This is Detroit Today on 1019 WDET. I'm Stephen Henderson. My guest is Dana Nessel, an attorney and a Democrat who is going to run for Michigan Attorney General. She recently won the Michigan Democratic Party's endorsement to be the party's nominee in the general election. If you want to join the conversation, have a question for Dana, the number on the phones as always is 313-577-1019. That's 313-577-1019. You can also go to the WDET Facebook page. Put your comments there. Or go to Twitter and hashtag Detroit today. We'll work you into the conversation in a little bit. I'm mean, going to talk with Jocelyn Benson, who is the party's nominee for Secretary of State. So you can also call in and uh, ask her uh, questions. Let's go to Corey on the north end. Corey, welcome to Detroit mor- today. Hey, good morning, guys. Uh huh. Um, I got a question. I was uh, delegate at the convention this weekend and uh, definitely voted for Dana, um, but the energy in the convention hall was really powerful when we split up the vote. Um, And now I'm thinking about it so far as Michigan Dems, we've elected two women to be on our ticket and um, not to endorse uh, Gretchen Wilson, but um, I I have a feeling she's going to be our
0: nominee as well. So I'm I'm curious how as Michigan Dems are going to strategize on the streets to um, sort of push this all woman ticket.
1: Mm. Uh, Great question, Corey. Uh, Dana Nassel, the, the idea, the possibility, I guess, of an all-female ticket is, is out there because of uh, what happened this weekend and the possibility that, uh, that Gretchen Whitmer would capture the gubernatorial nomination in, in, in the primary. Talk about uh, that dynamic and whether that's a strength uh, and, and how you make it a strength at the ballot box in November.
2: Well, first of all, thanks for your support, Corey. Uh, I appreciate that. But I have to say this. Um, Firstly, women are doing so well uh, in elections all over the country. And Mm -hmm. also, if you look at the special elections and the municipal elections in Michigan, they did great in 2017.
0: Mm
2: -hmm. Mm So they are outperforming, women are outperforming their male counterparts all over the nation. And I think in part it's because women at this point are overwhelmingly supporting other women, both in their donations, they're supporting them financially and in terms of their votes. So this is a year that certainly having more women on the ticket, not only is it not a liability, but I actually think it's an asset. And I also would point to the fact that, you know, I was at the convention in 2014, and we nominated uh, an all-male ticket. And, you know, we didn't hear anything about how can an all-male ticket win. (laughs) Right. So I I, I bristle a little bit when I hear that. (laughs) But, you know, but that being the case, I think people should understand this is a year unlike any other that I've ever been a registered voter since I was 18. And um, uh, the support I'm seeing from from not just from women to other women, but also, you know, from men as well. I think that if ever we were ready for an all-female ticket to be successful at the statewide level, it's 2018. It's this year. And a lot of it has to do because of the fact that we only have 20% of our elected leaders in Lansing who are female, and I think people are understanding that that's a problem, and every time all you have to do is turn on, you know, CNN or or whatever your national cable station is to see that we have basically, you know, all male leaders that Mm -hmm. are making decisions for us um, nationally, and we don't think it's working out so great, so maybe maybe having more women in office at this point um, is a positive and not a negative. Uh,
1: Let me ask you about ethnic diversity and this ticket. I've seen a lot of folks uh, on social media and other places talking about an all-white slate, an all-white ticket on the Democratic side, uh, betraying uh, minority voters who almost uh, always, it seems, uh, you know, support uh, Democrats over over Republicans. Uh, can you address that that uh, that issue and and explain to uh, African Americans, Latinos, uh, why there isn't better representation uh, on this on this slate?
2: Well, I will say this. Um, Firstly, the, the ticket's not complete yet. We don't have, uh, we don't have a governor. We don't have a lieutenant governor mm-hmm. who was on the ticket yet. But moving on from that, you know, I'll say for myself personally, you know, I have spent my entire career in the city of Detroit working on behalf of, you know, the African American community, uh, representing African American crime victims rep- in, in my private practice. That's the majority of my practice is representing, you know, African American clients. Um, and so, I really understand the issues that are important to the community and whether it has to do with you know, redlining and how auto insurance issues uh, affect the community, whether it has to do with our expungement laws and how we uh, don't permit people who have convictions under the, uh, the Motor Vehicle Code to get um, whether it has to do with so many other issues that face the community, um, especially policing-related issues. Uh, I understand these issues. And, in fact, uh, a few weeks ago, we had uh, an AG forum that was in Highland Park, and it was sponsored by the MDP Black Caucus. Mm -hmm. And it was a two-hour forum, and I overwhelmingly won the straw poll. And I would say the reason for that is because I was able to communicate to everyone, you know, what I intended to do with this office, how badly I want to use this office to represent the African-American community and all minority communities. And that I just truly really understand these issues because I've spent my entire career, you know, working on these issues. Uh-huh. Um, you know, my, my I was in Frank Murphy and then the Ford Building and now the Penobscot Building is my, my office. I spent my entire career in Frank Murphy, in 36th District Court, in KMAC. Um, so... There's not – I'm not from Petoskey, you know. Right. I'm not just like no, I get in. it. And most, and most of my – frankly, my campaign was very Detroit-centered. Sure. Uh, but, some uh, of my most vocal supporters uh, were members of the African-American community. So mm-hmm. this is not – I'm not going to be somebody who goes to Lansing and forgets uh, about the city of Detroit and forgets about Wayne County. I've spent mm-hmm. my career – you know, working in the city of Detroit and living in Wayne County. so
1: Okay. Uh, I appreciate the time. And uh, we will be, of course, talking with you, I'm sure, many times before November. Dana Nessel, attorney and Democrat running for Michigan Attorney General. Thanks for being here on Detroit Today.
2: Thanks for having me.
1: I want to pivot now to the race for secretary of state here in Michigan. Jocelyn Benson is a Democrat who was nominated for that post over the weekend. Uh, She is also the candidate who ran for that post in 2010. Jocelyn, welcome to Detroit Today.
0: Good morning, Stephen. Thanks for having me.
1: Yeah, it's great to hear your voice. Uh, Talk about trying for this position again after having lost it in 2010. What is going to be different this time.
0: Well, you know, uh, my passion for this office for the issues that it stands for providing, you know, a good customer service, protecting the voting rights of every resident and the security of our elections, that's that's only increased uh, over the past several years, but but in addition to that, I now have a uh, proven track record for getting things done. as Dean of Wayne State Law School, I learned how to oversee uh, and, and, and build experience overseeing a public institution in this law school, you know being able to do more with less and and uh, and still improve our position in the rankings. So I've now got a proven track record for getting things done, uh, and I'm excited to take that energy and experience to Lansing.
1: Well, uh, what needs to change in that office and in that department? I know you are someone who has talked an awful lot about the way uh, the Secretary of State manages elections uh, in mm-hmm. the state of Michigan, uh, voter access, issues like that. What are some of the things that you would do differently uh, if you win in November?
0: Well, I think, number one, I believe that the people of Michigan deserve a secretary of state who's going to work as hard as they do and as hard as all of your listeners do every day. And I think you know Michigan has really fallen behind uh, in uh, not having that type of uh, experience and aggressive leadership to push for voting rights and election security. But also, you know, in terms of valuing the time of our citizens, no one should have to spend hours waiting at the secretary of state to renew their license or register their vehicle, and no one should have to spend hours waiting to vote uh, and so that's something that, that I, I take very seriously, and that's why when I'm Secretary of State, I've talked about this 30-minute guarantee to be able to get in and out of branch offices and in and out of polling places in 30 minutes or less. So valuing people's time, valuing their money, working to hold down fees and driver's fees for the people of Michigan, just like I froze tuition when I was dean at the law school, and then also bringing us from worst to first in how we uh, promote ethics and integrity in Lansing and seek a transparent and accountable government. Uh, So I think we've got a lot of opportunities to really take Michigan into a place where it's behind many other states and making it a model for the rest of the country. And that's my vision.
1: I I want to get you to talk also about the prospect of an all-female ticket for Democrats headed into November and the prospect of an all-white ticket for Democrats heading into November. How do those dynamics affect both the campaign and, again, the chances for victory in the fall?
0: Well, as Dana mentioned, you know, the ticket's not complete yet, and we still are going to see who's the, the gubernatorial candidate and the lieutenant governor. So, uh, and I'm, I'm confident that when when it comes to November, we will have a, a, a ticket statewide and in districts, legislative and Senate across the state that is diverse and represents um, the, the, the various different perspectives and and people of the state of Michigan. Uh, I'm proud to be part of this ticket. I'm proud to ensure that we're going to be raising a voice for not just um, working men and women, but single parents, senior citizens, veterans, we ha- all have experience uh, in um, advocating for people. Uh, and that's um, that's a type of leadership that you're going to see. Um, and, and it's going to be talked about over the next several months. Uh, and, and then the other thing I'm seeing as I've been traveling around the state is just, you know, people want it, it, at the end of the day, a government that's going to get things done and work for them uh, and produce results. Uh, and, uh, and so I think you're going to see candidates of all backgrounds running uh, this year um, as Democrats who have a track record for getting things done, just like I do.
1: Okay. Jocelyn Benson, Democrat running for Michigan Secretary of State, recently won the party's endorsement for that race, former dean of the Wayne State University Law School. Thanks, as always, for being here on Detroit Today. Thank you. We'll talk to you again later in the campaign. Up next, we're going to talk about the recent strikes in Syria. And don't forget, if you miss any of today's conversation, you don't have to miss out. You can download the Detroit Today podcast on iTunes or wherever it is you find podcasts. You can take us with you. Listen when you are ready. We'll be right back on Detroit Today.